Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. For Mo Kelly in for John and Ken today. And also on Monday, the 4th of July, we'll be broadcasting live from Chateau Le Mo. We were just talking about that, all the fireworks, which will be going on around my house. I'll be sure to be posting Instagram uh, pictures. You can always uh, check me out at at Mr. Mo Kelly on Twitter and Instagram if you want to see that. Because every single 4th of July, I usually post pictures, video so you can see what we see. We have a beautiful panoramic view of the fireworks. Not bragging, just slightly bragging. Have a great panoramic view of the fireworks. I'm going to share that with you as we also broadcast on America's birthday. And during the break, Deborah Mark couldn't see me, but I was listening to her newscast because we were going to start talking about the COVID numbers here in Los Angeles. And you beat us to it. Deborah Mark. And, and I was talking with Tuala. like, it seems like we haven't learned our lesson. It seems like. It. And, I, and I don't say this to scare anyone. I always say I don't pay attention to the COVID numbers as far as infections. I always look at the lagging indicators of people who have been hospitalized, people who unfortunately pass away. And I think about the burden on our healthcare system. And if it gets to be too massive, then I'm concerned. But listening to Deborah Mark talk about the rise in hospitalizations, it seems like we're on the precipice of going back to where we were, like we haven't learned our lesson. Not that the vaccines were supposed to take care of everything, but 
we still have a responsibility in this because a lot of us out there are not vaccinated. A lot of us don't believe in either COVID or the vaccinations, but the COVID believes in us. Clearly, it believes in us. And we're on the precipice of another mask mandate. Now, regardless of whether that mask mandate comes back, I know in our collective arrogance, we, when I say we, Californians, Americans, will probably never go for it. I, 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 when I say we will never go for it, I believe we individually, we businesses, we already know that the L.A. County Sheriff is not going to enforce anything <laughs> regarding that. So it seems like we're going to earn whatever bad happens out of this next wave of COVID, whether we want to accept responsibility, if, whether we want to actually believe that COVID is real and people are dying or not. We're going to earn this in our arrogance. It's beyond um, belief in it. It's more people don't care. The numbers right now are reflective of a population in Los Angeles, Los Angeles County. of People have just said, you know, I don't care. The hospitalizations were at the time, maybe two, three weeks ago, were down so low versus the numbers of people with new infections and those numbers going up. Everyone's like, look, no one is dying from this anymore. Hospitalizations are down. If you get it, it's like the flu. It's like the cold. It'll be all right. I know several people who've gotten it recently, and they're fine. They got it. They're like, ah, I was sick. Felt like I had the flu. They're back. They're going to a party tomorrow. You know, that's just where we're at. <sighs> look, I'm quadruple vaccinated. But also you're a person who's had a number of organ transplants. Yes. And so you have to take immunosuppressant uh, medicine on a daily basis. Yep. And also COVID has different implications for you than most other people. And I protect myself as I should. But I also know, you know what? It's me against the world. And right now the world is winning. COVID is winning. COVID is winning in L.A. It's back. Mass mandate. You can put a mass mandate out there if you want to. Ha! Good luck enforcing that. What, what does that say, though, about us? And I think that there is a statement when we talk about patriotism. Yep. Loving America. And I think part of loving America is also a level of concern, respect, and care for our fellow Americans. I don't believe in loving this country in the abstract. I believe that America is the sum total of its Americans. Mm -hmm. And if I love America, then I have to have the same level of affinity for the people who make up the country. It, it, it boggles my mind when people talk about, I love America, but it seems like you hate everybody in it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You love America, but there are four or five different ethnic groups that you hate within it. You love America, but you hate the people who vote a certain way. You love America, but you hate people who believe a certain way, who think differently than you, who see America differently than you. Part of loving America and what America is, is the fullness and the diversity of thought, the diversity of people, diversity of experiences. If we talk about the greatest nation on the face of the earth and the great melting pot and how Americans, we are not the same fundamentally and that's what makes America great how is it you love America but you don't have that same level of care and affection for Americans I'll never understand it because ideas are different than reality oh 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 okay so they're they like the marketing brochure yeah 
Yeah. Oh. They, they like the brochure of the retirement community. And I was like, oh, man, mom, I think you're really going to like it there. And when you get there, there are flies buzzing around, our elderly in wheelchairs being, you know, wheeled into the sun and left there by some aides who are going and smoking off in the corner. And that's just what the retirement home looks like. But you like the brochure. You like the brochure that says, come to Hollywood. But then when you get there, you want to drive around have, all yeah, the you, homeless. Have, yeah, and you right. Have you been to Hollywood? Yeah. yeah. The, the idea of Hollywood and movies and also performances and actors and all the glitz and glamour, that's very different from Hollywood as in Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> very different. Sunset, any street. Yeah. You just go, ugh, is that actual human excrement on the sidewalk? Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> and there's a person right next to it? It is. It is. Yeah. So, again, yeah, you can say, I love America. I, hell, I love Angelinos. But if you say, wear a mask to help protect your fellow Angelino, hell no. no. It, that's on them. They don't got to go out. They can stay inside if they want to, which actually is true. That is true. So I don't know. But but it's a, it's a mentality. It's a mm. mentality. If we talk about patriotism, that was the first thing that I talked about today. If we talk about patriotism and loving the country of America, knowing its history, knowing from whence we came, knowing what we had fought for to get this level of freedom right here, right now. And sometimes people mistakenly confuse freedom with not being inconvenienced. Oh. They're not the same. There are a lot of folks who say, freedom, I don't have to wear a mask. Well, freedom as in like you don't have to wear a shirt and shoes when you walk into a business? No. I mean, there are certain uh, societal responsibilities we have to coexist with one another. You mean like speed laws? Well, that's, that's a safety thing, and you can look at it that way, and I think there's a common courtesy thing. There are a lot of things that I do because I'm concerned about someone else's well-being. That's what, that's what I think common courtesy is, where I think about someone else before or in addition to just myself. There are certain things like, look, I don't have to cover my mouth when I sneeze or cough. There's no ordinance saying I have to. But common courtesy and decency, going back to dignity, decency, and decorum, decency demand that I be mindful of, look, if I sneeze, and this has nothing to do with COVID, if I should just sneeze in particular to going out there and going to might possibly hit someone else or land on the desk or what have you, and these shared workspaces and impact someone else, I should be mindful that my behavior, even unintentionally, may adversely impact someone else. But I think that's because you, like me, grew up in an era where your neighbor could look out for you, discipline you, correct your behavior if your parent was not around. Versus nowadays where that can get you in a fight with your fellow neighbor or you have kids who are super crazy disrespectful or any number of different changes societally that no longer exist from when you and I grew up. 
And I don't know if we can get back to that. We talk about nostalgia. I think that is a bygone era. It's not coming back. Mm. But I think there are lessons we can take from that era and they can apply to things just like today. When we talk about mass mandates, it was a horrible time for any number of reasons. And I have to remind folks, it's not like I'm some, you know, COVID superhero trying to fight against it. There are 10 people that I can count that I know of because I'm quite sure the people who passed away that I did not know of who passed away from COVID. 10 people that I know that can say specifically died because of COVID. I take it very seriously. I know the sacrifices that we made as a community and society, I take very seriously. And I don't ever want to go back to that. And I don't want to necessarily un, uh, anyone to do uh, to suffer because of that. I don't want to go back to uh, at home schooling, you know, virtual schooling. I don't want to go back to any of that. And having the mask mandate on our doorstep once again is reminiscent of a degree of carelessness and indifference, which really bothers me. Yeah. You, you, you don't want, you don't want to get the vaccine. You don't want to wear the mask. You don't want mask mandates, but you're also going to deny that people are dying in the hospital right now, right now. Because, you know, freedom. This is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're going to talk monkeypox when we come back because there's a correlation there. When COVID first came on the scene, we talked about it on the Mo Kelly Show, obviously back in 2019. And we didn't initially take it seriously because COVID came behind Ebola. Ebola had come to the United States and it was something that we didn't take seriously because we didn't take Ebola seriously. And so we lost sight of what could happen. I'm going to put a pit in that right there. We're going to come back to that in just a second because right now here's your chance to win $1,000. Now your chance to win $1,000. Just enter this nationwide keyword on our website. Cash. That's cash, C-A-S-H. Enter it now at KFIAM640.com slash cash. Powered by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you're hurt in an accident, winning is everything. Call the winning attorneys at Sweet James. 800-500-5200. That's 800-500-5200 or SweetJames.com. Winners will be notified by email, so make sure to make sure... Make sure you check your junk and spam folders to see if you won. Be sure to listen to KFI AM640 for the winning keyword every weekday between 9 a.m. and the 5 p.m. hour. The next opportunity to win $1,000 will be coming up in about 60 minutes. And let me get back to what I was saying. When COVID first came on the scene, I didn't take it seriously. I, you know, I admit that. I take full responsibility for that. I don't think anyone took it seriously as lay people because we had no reason to take it seriously. We had heard about avian flu. We had heard about, heard about Zika. We had heard about, obviously, Ebola and how they were supposed to just run roughshod over America, and none of them did. H1N1, for example. And so you have a false sense of security as far as whatever the newest and latest is. Then COVID came on, we didn't take it seriously collectively, and then it turned into what we all saw. But out of that, I would have hoped that we would have learned some lessons. In other words, recognize certain progressions along the way. Whereas monkeypox is not as virulent and deadly as anything else that we've discussed, it is still possibly a major issue. It's still highly communicable. And I think it's still being underappreciated 
and dismissed in a way which I think is dangerous. Dangerous in the sense of how could it, it could disrupt our daily lives. A few weeks ago, I was filling in, I can't remember for whom, because I always keep bouncing me around, but I was filling in for someone. I was talking about how monkeypox was on the scene as like maybe one case of monkeypox in the United States. And I said, see, watch this. Then it turned into two, then four, then eight. And then it first started on the other side of the world. And then it was on the other side of the country. And then it was on the other side of the state. And now it's on the other side of the city. Now it's in Orange County. Now it's in Los Angeles County. It was two, then four, then eight. And now it's some maybe 200 cases or something like that of monkeypox. Excuse me. 306 cases in the United States of monkeypox across 28 different states. And it's been confirmed in both L.A. and Orange County. And if we should have learned anything from COVID is to get out in front of it and to take it seriously so it doesn't turn into something which we can't control. And then we have to have, I'll say, government intervention and we have to do other mitigation measures that we know none of us want to do. And here's the thing about COVID. Because we spent two years dealing with COVID, it's almost like there's a level of fatigue which makes us more in danger of letting something else get through. Because we're not going to go back to what we did. We were talking about COVID. We're not going to go to the mitigation measures of COVID. We're not going to wear a mask. We're just not. We're not going to stay home. We're not going to have our kids uh, virtual schooled. We're not going to do any of that unless people start just dropping dead in the middle of the street like uh, some zombie virus in Z Nation or something or World War Z. We're not going to go back to those mitigation members. We're uh, measures. We are hard-headed and we're obstinate as Americans. Let's be honest. So with monkeypox, if it should get out of hand, there is not an appetite or a desire to do anything more than doing nothing. It's mainly because of the way that they're positioning it and rolling it out with the same lack of seriousness that COVID was given in the beginning. It started off, nah, it's across the country. Nah, it may be coming to the States. Oh, it's in LA. There's, you know, there's a potentiality for it. Oh, we got two cases. Now, two weeks after we first talked about it on the Mo Kelly show, we're up to over 20 something cases. And now they're saying, Maybe we should take this a little more serious. How about you roll it out all at once? Let us know the severity. What can happen? Is it deadly? You know, is it something you can catch and it can keep coming back like herpes? What are we dealing with? It's interesting you say that. Um, in Orange County, they just announced their first presumptive monkeypox case. The person who was infected, to your point, Tuala was put in isolation and the agency was contacting anyone in contact with the person so they could receive a post-exposure prophylaxis vaccination. From what I understand, the infection spreads through contact with bodily fluids, monkeypox sores, or shared items such as bedding or clothing that were contaminated with fluids. It can also be transmitted through saliva and sexual contact. I'm not a doctor, but that kind of reads like how chickenpox is spread in similar fashion. 
Yeah. You know, so most people who develop monkeypox have only mild illness that goes away within two to four weeks without treatment. Sounds a lot like chickenpox. But at the same time, chickenpox can kill, can kill you and can be a danger to large populations. The scarring alone from that and monkeypox, uh, there is a story that uh, you had shown me about a kid or some guy who had it. And he's saying, you don't want this. This is absolutely positively not something that you want, not in the least. Well, anything with pox on the end, I would rather avoid. Like, for example, smallpox, don't want it. Chickenpox, don't want it. So with that in mind, monkeypox, don't want it. Now, this is a guy who is one of L.A. County's monkeypox patients, Matt Ford. He's 30 years old, and he went public telling his story in BuzzFeed this week, said, I have monkeypox. Here's what it's like and what you should know. And he was like short, short to the point. He said, it sucks and you don't want it. Yeah, that's why they call it monkeypox. Not trying to be funny, but yeah, this is something we should take seriously from the jump. Matt Ford found out on June 17th he was exposed to monkeypox. He went to the doctor on June 20th to be tested. Three days later, positive test. It was confirmed by the L.A. County Department of Public Health. He said his symptoms intensified over that time. Quote, his lesions grew in number and intensity. We've seen the photos at this point. So much so he couldn't sleep some nights. I had chickenpox as a 17-year-old. It was horrible. So if monkeypox is anything like that or worse, I can I understand intellectually what that means, what that feels like. He said he also experienced intense flu-like symptoms, a fever, full body chills, night sweats, a cough, sore throat, and swollen lymph nodes for about a week. The pain was a dull, sore constant with fun little spikes of sharp pain if I moved the wrong way. All that seemed to help were frequent baths and ointments until I went back to the doctor and was prescribed narcotic painkillers. Even those were only so-so at managing the pain, close quote. I, yeah, I, when I got chicken pox when I was 17, I had to sleep with mittens on my hands so I wouldn't scratch. But the pain from the blisters and the pustules was just it was excruciating. If I wasn't wow. itching, I was in great pain. Yeah, because when you get chickenpox as an adult, that was basically adult at 17. Oh, it was it was it was bad. It was really bad. Mm. I had to go to the hospital. <laughs> it was wow. bad. Yes. So and I know chickenpox is not monkeypox, but all I'm saying is if I could have done without it, <laughs> I would have done without it. And I remember the kid, I was actually in martial arts class. And this kid, who obviously had just had the chicken pox, thought it would be funny to go to hop keto class and start touching folks like, ah, oh, I have chicken pox. Now you do too. And I got it like four days later. So you weren't vaccinated against the chicken pox? It had not been created yet. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, oh, they did not have a chicken pox vaccine at yeah. the time. So this was obviously like 1986, mm. 85 or 86, something like that. 86. Wow, wait a minute. I may not have, I have to look it up, but no, no, they did not create it. No. it. Yeah. It was not created. Uh, Eric probably got the chickenpox vaccine. Did you get the chicken? Yes, I did. Yeah. Deborah Mark, probably not. I'm immune to chickenpox, believe it or not. Lucky you. Isn't that weird? Lucky you. Hopefully you don't come down with it later on in life. I'm hoping. Yeah. Uh, and, there, and there are people who are immune to chickenpox. They've been exposed, especially if you have kids, you will know real quick. They'll get it. You won't. But me, I was not so lucky.
Yeah. Yeah, uh, you better check Tuala just to be sure. No, no. If you're saying that you did not in 86, then I'm pretty sure that's way after I'd gotten all my stuff. Yeah. We have to look it up and see what year the chickenpox vaccine was in full circulation. But I know I'm trying to look it up right now. Well, we'll look it up during the break and find out. This is the John and Ken show. Mo Kelly and for John and Ken. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We're talking about vaccines. I have to go to the doctor next month for my physical. And I'm a firm proponent of men, especially, go to the doctor. Sometimes we get so caught up in being macho. It's like, oh, I feel fine. And you don't want to go to the doctor until something's wrong. And then it could be something major and it's too late. Go to the doctor. Get your uh, prostate checked. They don't have to do a digital exam anymore. What I mean by digital, they don't have to use Dr. Jellyfinger. They don't have to do that anymore. It's not funny. It's not funny. No, I mean, no. It's just, there's truly nothing funny about that. No, yeah. Was that Eric snickering? No, that was oh, absolutely not. Okay, because I, I was going to say, funny about that. Because your time is coming. No, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yes, it is. I know it is, but there's nothing funny about that. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm saying they don't have to do it that time, that way anymore. You can do it by blood test, a PSA test. And also, when I'm going in, they'll do that. Uh, obviously, check the blood pressure, check my blood sugar, kidney function, PSA. But I also have to do the Tdap, the tetanus diphtheria pertussis shot. I'm supposed to do that every ten years or so. I say that to say that to say because we were talking about the vaccines and chickenpox vaccine, which Eric had looked up and was made available in the United States, I think 1995. So I had missed it by a lot. I did get chickenpox, so I would be susceptible to shingles. Mm. And I know they have the Shingrix vaccine. I don't know of anyone who's gotten it, unless you are one who's gotten it. The vaccine? Yes. Yes, and shingles. What am I missing or what am I hoping to miss? You don't want shingles. Well, of course, I don't want shingles. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm telling you, you don't want it, and that's how badly you want this vaccine. You don't want that isolation wing that you're placed in in the hospital where they got to come in with full-on back to the future top to bottom gloves with the little breathers in the front looking at you (sighs) mr sharp (sighs) are they hazmat you yes you are in that wing where they are touching with gloves and you are in non-stop pain it it is a burning scratching sensation that you it doesn't matter how much you rub it how much you dig at it because your skin is on fire man you don't want this. Okay, the Shingrix, Shingrix vaccine, if I'm not mistaken, is two doses, correct? Yes. Okay, and um, how far apart? Like six months apart, apart or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I got it when I was in the hospital um, and then had to follow up. When nothing, yeah. I got to say this, um, Tawala Sharp, I learned a lot from you about the healthcare side of things in life. Because unfortunately, you've been through yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've been there. But I do take a lot of your wisdom with me when I go in for checkups or when my father was in failing health. I often called you to say, hey, what do you think about this? What do you recommend? And so forth. And it gave me a better understanding of how our healthcare system works in terms of you need to be an advocate. You can't wait until something goes wrong. You have to be informed so you know which questions to ask on behalf of yourself or someone else. And then there's dealing with insurance, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something altogether different. 
But we were talking about this in relation to monkeypox specifically and how you got to sometimes take care of business before it gets out of hand. Yeah. You, you, we got to take monkeypox seriously in the way that we did not take COVID seriously originally. And hopefully we can avoid some of these issues. Granted, monkeypox is not as deadly from what we can see or what we know as COVID or any of these other major diseases, but it's something which can really disrupt society. Well, it disrupts society and also can lead to you having on the surface just other issues. We don't know the full breadth of what happens to you internally. Like we still don't know the l- true long-term effects of COVID. I know people who still to this day who had it, you know, a year ago when, it, when the COVID prime, when it first hit and their minds are all just a jumbled, can't remember anything mess, right? Why would you then want to mess around with something called monkeypox? The way this stuff looks on your skin, how this can potentially affect other family members. Maybe it can take out your uh, elderly relatives. Maybe it can have really adverse effects on your children. Well, people die from chickenpox every year. It's not publicized, but people do die from chickenpox. I just use that as an analog. Things that we think not only do we have a vaccine for that are relatively innocuous and kids don't necessarily die from, that it's no big deal. And that Mm -hmm. couldn't be further from the truth. To answer your question, though, Twala, I think that we are unfortunately at a point in America, and this goes back to a lot of other different discussions, we are so conspiratorially focused we almost reject any sound advice from any recognized authority, be it the CDC, be it the California Department of Public Health, be it a local politician. It seems like, well, if it comes from them, it must be somehow politically tainted. There must be some agenda attached. And therefore, we categorically and out of hand dismiss and reject a lot of advice, which more times than not is for our good and for our betterment and for our protection, not for some sort of political end. On that same conspiratorial thread. Uh-oh, what did I do? I'm just saying, if the Zompak oh, hell. was to be unleashed within, I'm going to say, hours now, Southern California would be zombie city. Oh, if only because we are unwilling to actually protect ourselves. Yes. Yeah, we would be more susceptible. And yeah, if you ever listen to the Mo Kelly show, we always talk about the zombie apocalypse, this idea of a pathogen spreading throughout America or the world. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that turns us into wandering, mindless zombies. It could be any airborne pathogen, which is easily transmissible from person to person. And then it you just have a collapse of society because we are unable to deal with it in a short amount of time. World War Z could be just reality. Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson has confirmed as much. No, but there's a, there's a serious so, point there. Yes. You're saying because of our conspiratorial nature, we would be actually hastening yes. the spread of a real pathogen. Look how fast we have moved from the different various viruses that you have first. I remember we were laughing a few years ago. We even had the uh, Ebola alarm. 
Sure did. You know, and then we had the Zeke and the, and then, but when, so by, yes, by the time uh, COVID gets here and now there's a, even a new one, there's what COVID five or whatever, that's supposed to be the new far deadlier. It's back batting down the hatches COVID that's now spreading across the country, but no one cares. So if people start dying again from that. Oh, well, we don't care about that. We don't care about monkeypox. So when you say something like, hey, there is a new vaccine or a new virus that's potentially causing a meltdown of cognitive function. It's causing people to just go insane, crazy, violent, attack each other. Next, you know, we're killing each other in the street because it's this new zombie virus. Or it could just be a typical day in America, given the rising crime rates. One or the other. One or the other. Okay, because Fox <laughs> News is on. Yes. This is the John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly here for John and Ken. KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Remember what I was saying previously, yesterday, talking about the minimum wage and trying to tie it to inflation? Otherwise, you will be forever on that hamster treadmill where you may get to one plateau for a minimum wage, be it $10 or 12 or $15 an hour or 18 and you'll never get off of it. You'll forever be fighting for an increase in the minimum wage and you'll waste years trying to get it increased. And by the time you do get it increased, it won't be enough and you'll have to fight for another increase. Well, we talked about the fight to put $18 an hour on the ballot and everything I said yesterday, I guess it goes out the window because $18 an hour won't be on the ballot Had the California Living Wage Act proposal succeeded, it would have increased base wages to $16 an hour next January and $18 an hour by 2025. Three years from now, it probably would not have been enough. But Californians won't even vote this fall on whether that minimum wage should rise again as inflation is impacting all of us. It just did. It, it, it failed. The, the initiative to bump the minimum wage to $18 over the next three years, even though there was a lot of money behind it. You may remember there was a lot of money trying to push this and it was backed by a bunch of labor organizations. It just did not get enough signatures to qualify for the November ballot. And that's the, I, I see that as a lack of planning. If you're going to put so much money into these initiatives there has to be a better rollout. There has to be a messaging component. There has to be a media component where when I say messaging, it has to be presented in the right way. There has to be a media component where you are presenting it the right way over the over media in a correct and effective way. It's one thing to have a message, but you got to make sure that people are seeing it on TV, that they're hearing it on the radio, that they're reading it on social media. And when all those things work together, And we see it more effectively done with recall efforts, unusually and unfortunately. Um, You'll get these uh, measures put on a ballot, and this failed. And and I guess they're basically back to the starting point. You got $15 an hour. You've been fighting for that for, I don't know, three, four years or so. You got it. And now that it's here, you realize, damn, it's not enough. It's not even going to really make an impact for those people who are most affected by this inflation. I could argue that with the $15 an hour, now you're actually further behind without doing all the math. You're further behind than where you were three years ago without the inflation and without the increase in the minimum wage. You're actually, there's a wider gap. That is because 
when they asked for this $18 right on top of today, what is it, the $16 that goes into effect because they did not have an actual reason as to why that was clear to anyone. Almost if you go to your parents and say, hey, mom, can I have you know $15 to go to the movies? And she gives, and you come back and say, oh, can I have another 15 And you know automatically it's like, no, why? Oh, because, and then you get into a whole bunch of reasons, and your parents just shut you down. They may even want to take the $15 that gave you back. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But the plan that you laid out yesterday or the reasoning why would have been an extremely succinct and rational reason. And then you don't have to keep trying to update it every three, four years. And here's something else we didn't touch upon, which needs to be discussed. In the constant evolution of our society, and this is separate and distinct from what we decide to pay people minimum wage, in a general discussion of our society, those minimum wage jobs, for the most part, are not only evolving to different sectors, there are fewer in nature. Because of increased automation, we can tell you about Amazon, the cashless stores. I actually went to one very similarly in an airport recently where you just kind of walk in, you, you scan your credit or debit card so it has it on file. You just take the stuff off the shelf, and as you walk out, it, it scans uh, the barcodes, the SKU codes, and then it just automatically debits your account. And there's no interaction with an actual person. That is where our society is headed, and most of our minimum wage jobs are in the service industry. Those jobs are just disappearing, and I think it is – when I say it's wasted, I don't mean like it's wasted, like it's beneath us, but I'm saying I think we can better utilize our capital and resources in terms of what we're fighting for. I honestly think we're fighting for jobs which are not even going to be here in five years in many instances. We can go to a grocery store right now, and there are fewer cashiers on duty at, in every store every single day. Why? Because you have the automated checkout line at the, at the end of the store, and it costs a hell of a lot less than paying Tuwala or me $14 an hour plus health care plus payroll taxes. Right, right. And they have also rolled out in Southern California. I know it was a novelty at first, but— uh, the robotic burger flipper. Yep. Not being flipping, but that is one of those things that, yeah, when they rolled it Were out. Were you trying was, to make a pun there? I wasn't. Okay. I know. It sounds like it, but no. I think that in the beginning, it was like, oh, hey, this is a novel idea. Come to our spot and see, you know, Robbie, the burger flipping robot, whatever it's called, whatever the restaurant is. Yes, it was rolled out as like, hey, this is interesting, but it actually works. And now there isn't someone that is there actually cooking the burgers. Once something like that rolls out, same as if you go to Vons, if you go to CVS, if you go to whichever market or, you know, uh, pharmacy type store and they have two cashiers, but they have seven or eight, you know, self checkouts where everyone is going. Then you start that's seven or eight jobs. And I think about it this way. If you go to uh, McDonald's and we all go to fast food locations on occasion, if you go to McDonald's and you see those stand up kiosks right now, they're for convenience sake. But basically, they're testing their effectiveness and their efficiency, where ultimately you don't need someone to take your money or to take your order. In a technological sense, we're way beyond that. 
we can key in our order, go to the counter, pick it up from someone who can just hand us our food. We've already paid for it. It's not an actual monetary transaction at that point, and we can go on about our way. If I'm a business owner, and this is separate, again, separate from the whole debate on who should get um, how much for minimum wage. I just know as a business owner, I don't need six and seven people working at a time in a fast food restaurant and me paying all of them $14 an hour, $15 an hour. It does not does not matter because I don't need a physical person to take a McDonald's order anymore. I think it's almost like a courtesy at this point because some people just like being able to talk to someone. But if you ever went into McDonald's, and I understood this during the pandemic more than ever because people were shying away from physical interaction and they would, uh, if the place they did have kiosks, they'd wipe them down every time someone would use them. But it was actually quicker than standing in that line and waiting for someone to hear your order, key in your order, and then step to the side and wait for your order when you could walk in and just key in your order, pay for it, and then you just call your number, pick it up, and you leave. Last one to the movies, AMC, who doesn't take cash anymore. That's right. Register. That's right. They don't take cash anymore. Credit card only. I walk in. They scan my ticket on my phone. I had pre-ordered my food. Scanned that, went over, picked my food up. How many jobs is that gone? And that has nothing to do with whether someone gets paid $14 an hour or $15 an hour. It's the whole point that our economy, those jobs were going to be nixed no matter what because a, uh, an employer, I should say, a business's obligation is to decrease its bottom line. And, the, and the, the variable costs of employees and payroll taxes, that's something that is always going to be cut if and when they can cut it. If I can have a machine do it and I don't have to worry about a, an employee who's going to show up late or is going to show up sick or is going to call out sick or is just uh, not dependable as an employee and I can have some form of technology cut out that job, then, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And I think the fight to bring all of this together with great respect, I'm not trying to disrespect the work of people who are working minimum wage jobs. I think we need to be more than short-sighted. We have to see that most of these jobs are going to disappear inside of five years, most of them. The technology is there. They're tweaking it. And whether you're asking for $14, $15, $18, $20 an hour, those jobs just won't be there. And I think we as a society are going to have to figure out how we're going to make uh, jobs available or careers available for people usually either earlier in their career or less skilled in their skill set to find gainful employment. We're not talking about it now, but we're going to have an explosion in unemployment because there won't be enough jobs for people. Not that they won't have the skills. They won't have the skills for the evolving economy, that, which is right on our doorstep, right here. And if you're expecting that you'll be able to work the cashier at McDonald's in five years, you're deluding yourself. That job will not be there. This is the John and Ken Show. KFI AM 640, we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. 
And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.